America's biopharmaceutical companies are making great progress against a common enemy, COVID-19. That's because they're collaborating in ways that they've never done before. Today, several promising vaccine candidates are in stage three clinical trials. And to test safety and efficacy, these trials have tens of thousands of participants from every walk of life. Go to phrma.org coronavirus to get the latest updates and browse the data, because science is how we get back to normal. Dan Diamond, you're supposed to be on vacation this week, huh? That was the plan, but healthcare news doesn't take vacations, Jeremy. This story started breaking late on Friday night. Politico's Dan Diamond obtaining emails showing Michael Caputo and one of his staffers demanding changes to the CDC's weekly scientific reports. Michael Caputo, the top communications official at the Department of Health and Human Services, warned a Facebook audience on Sunday night that left-wing hit squads were being trained for an armed insurrection after a contested election and accused government scientists of, quote, sedition. Partisan Democrats, the conjugal media, and the scientists, the deep state scientists, want America sick through November. The top-ranking communications official at the department in charge of combating the pandemic, Department of Health and Human Services, is a dangerous crank who is undermining science and raving about delusional conspiracy theories. According to the New York Times, quote, Mr. Caputo charged that scientists deep in the bowels of the CDC have given up science and become political animals. He said they walk around like they are monks and holy men, but they are engaged in rotten science. Well, we do have breaking news. Michael Caputo is taking a leave of absence from HHS to focus on his health. Comes just days after accusing government scientists of plotting against President Trump during a Facebook Live rant. Hello, Pulse Check listeners. This is Dan Diamond, coming to you from a closet on Kiowa Island in South Carolina. And welcome to our special Pulse Check series on the coronavirus outbreak and the Trump administration's response. Today, I'm in conversation with my colleague Jeremy Siegel from our Daily Dispatch podcast about a series of reports that Politico broke about turmoil inside the health department and Michael Caputo's decision to take a leave of absence as HHS's top spokesperson. Here's that conversation. Who is Michael Caputo? Michael Caputo is a complicated figure. He is someone who's been in Republican politics for decades. He also spent time working in Russia. He advised former President Boris Yeltsin. And he's known President Donald Trump for a long time. He's a protege of Roger Stone, the president's close friend. Uh, Caputo worked with Trump on an effort to try and buy the Buffalo Bills. This morning, Donald Trump said he is interested in looking at investing in the bills. Time will tell how serious that interest is. And a couple months ago, back in April, we were first to report that Trump reached out to Michael Caputo to install him as the health department's top spokesperson. So what exactly happens after Michael Caputo joins HHS? When Caputo first arrived at the health department, he was walking into, admittedly, a chaotic 
situation. The U.S. government is getting some criticism in the race to respond to this crisis. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar went before lawmakers today. It was clear from the very start what's on everyone's mind. Health Secretary Alex Azar had been feuding with his own aides, as we've extensively reported. Caputo was put there by the White House in some respects to get the health department more in line with the White House. But Caputo, in trying to do that, oh, sorry, he's actually texting me. Caputo's texting you? Caputo is texting me right now. Wow. He just he just gave me a statement on his departure. I'm, I'm reading this for the first time while I'm recording with you. What, what does he say? He says, after consultation with President Trump and Secretary Azar, I've decided to take a temporary medical leave of absence to pursue necessary screenings for a lymphatic issue discovered last week. And he then goes on to say that he believed that his health problems recently were because of exercise and diet, but now believes that stress and violent threats against him are putting his health at risk. He also personally thanks Dr. Tony Fauci for, quote, conferring with my personal physician as we get the health care I long needed and yet neglected through the pandemic. So, I mean, this this is happening right now. As we're talking, he is taking a ab- leave of absence for, for the health reasons that he just detailed in that text to you. But it's against the backdrop of all of this controversy that you've been reporting on. And I mean, you know, you said he personally thanked Dr. Tony Fauci, but you and our colleagues have been reporting that during his tenure at HHS, he he's attacked Fauci, attacked other career health and science officials, right? Well, this is why sometimes what happens in PR and public statements doesn't reflect the reality of what's going on in the smoky room. Caputo and his team were frustrated repeatedly and and outright angry and at times bullying, according to officials that I've talked to, over scientific reports or Dr. Fauci's statements. There are scientists working for this government who do not want America to get better. Other efforts to warn Americans at the coronavirus outbreak was severe, that children could be at risk of catching COVID. There are scientists who work for this government who do not want America to get well, not until after Joe Biden is is president. It's a fact. I know it because I've heard it. My colleague Sarah Overmall had a terrific story last week on Caputo's aide, Paul Alexander, trying to muzzle Fauci from speaking about the risk of COVID to kids. And on Friday night, I reported that Caputo and his aide, Alexander, were doing more than just trying to muzzle people from speaking. They were trying to go back and retroactively edit the CDC's weekly reports, these morbidity and mortality weekly reports on coronavirus, with Caputo and Alexander accusing the CDC of using these scientific bulletins, a a cornerstone of U.S. public health, of using the bulletins to try and undermine the president. The CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Reports, the MMWR, are authored by career scientists and serve as the main vehicle for the agency to inform doctors, researchers, and the general public about how COVID-19 is spreading and who's at risk. Think of it like an epidemiological version of the newspaper's stock charts or baseball box scores. He apparently started dictating to the CDC what the CDC's scientific publications could say about coronavirus. After that story, uh, that's when scrutiny started coming from every corner. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back in a minute after a message from our sponsor. America's biopharmaceutical companies are making great progress against a common enemy— 
COVID-19. They've learned from successful vaccines for other diseases. They're developing new treatments, and they're collaborating like never before. There are now several promising vaccine candidates in stage three clinical trials, and each of these trials has over 30,000 participants from every walk of life. From development to clinical trials and throughout the manufacturing process, these medicines are tested for safety and effectiveness. Biopharmaceutical companies are ramping up production capabilities as well, and working with insurers so that when ready, these medicines will be available. America's biopharmaceutical companies will continue working day and night until they defeat COVID-19. Go to phrma.org coronavirus to get the latest updates and browse the data. Because science is how we get back to normal. What sort of response has all of this gotten from, from health officials, from scientists, from lawmakers? Well, the public health community was immediately aghast. I, I think, Jeremy, this might not be obvious outside the healthcare community, but the MMWRs, these are, are sacred texts. The original reporting of HIV back in 1981, that was one of these CDC MMWRs. It was a document that Tony Fauci has said he read that report 40 years ago almost, and it changed his career. He ended up taking the path that he's now gone down. Meanwhile, MMWRs have continued to come out regularly during the pandemic, offering updates on who could contract COVID, how it spreads. These are necessary guides for doctors, researchers, the media, the American public to understand the evolution of the pandemic. And the thought that political appointees would be meddling with these reports, calling on the CDC to halt them altogether until Caputo and his team could edit and review them and make them in line with what they believed, that that was an explosive report. And Democrats on Wednesday, even a few hours before Caputo stepped away from medical leave, were pushing CDC Director Robert Redfield over why any effort was being made to edit the CDC reports. What do you think all of this tells us about the health department under President Trump, about the Trump administration's response to the coronavirus pandemic? It, it tells us that we are 90 degrees away from normal to begin with. I remember breaking the story with Dan Littman back in April that Michael Caputo was coming in as the department's spokesperson. And that was such an unorthodox choice. Again, someone with no scientific experience leading the nation's health department's communications in the middle of a public health crisis. But at the same time, it was the perfect Trump choice. It was it was the president picking a loyalist to execute the message that the president wanted to see. This is the norm of the Trump era, where officials have been installed not always for their expertise, but quite often for their closeness to the president. And in some ways, that is part of why the response to the pandemic has been so disjointed. There are officials who are putting presidential politics and Trump's own statements above the assertions and research by career scientists. What's it like to see the potential effects of your reporting playing out in real time? I mean, I know Caputo has texted you saying this is for medical reasons. Um, I don't know if you, you plan on texting him back to like see if there's any more to it. But, you know, I think one could venture to think that his decision to step away for 60 days could be due in part to all of this controversy. 
what is it like for you personally to see all of this happening? <laughs> it's it's both surreal but familiar. Uh, surreal because to be at the center of a news event is hard to compare where stories are flowing that are based on a report that I broke while, <laughs> in the case of this week, while on vacation, uh, I got a tip while biking and Adam Kenkren and Sarah Overmall were able to execute on that tip before I was finished my bike ride. I mean, things move very, very quickly and sometimes move so fast, uh, I, I feel like I'm still catching up on what everyone else is saying about the first story when I'm writing the second one. I also think, though, it's it's become part of what we do at Politico. Uh, there are multiple officials at, at HHS who are no longer there. Uh, the secretary, Tom Price, is gone. There are some aides who were in the department who we reported on who are gone as well, one of whom actually retweeted my tweet about Caputo today and said he knows from experience not to go on social media at HHS. So I think this is what we do at Politico. And it's an odd time. It's a stressful time. There are a lot of people caught in the middle. But this is what we do as reporters covering this administration. All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Dan Diamond, and my thanks to colleague Jeremy Siegel for joining me this week, as he always does. And Jeremy, I now have new sympathy for what it's like when you record the podcast from your closet. Jenny Ament is our senior producer, and Irene Noguchi is our executive producer. You can subscribe to Politico Pulse Check on your favorite podcast app. You can help us by leaving a rating or review. That helps new listeners find the show. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you again next week.